0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Cyber Empowerment Podcast. Today, we're here with Mr. Adam Shostak. Adam is a entrepreneur, technologist, author, game designer, an affiliate professor at the University of Washington, and also currently a review board member at Black Hat. Adam is also the author of threats, what every engineer should learn from Star Wars, as well as the very popular threat modeling, designing for security. Adam spent over eight years at Microsoft and was responsible for threat modeling tools and techniques, and was a key driver for Microsoft's software development lifecycle. Before Microsoft, Adam was a leader in three successful startups, and we're really glad to have Adam on the podcast today. Uh, Adam, would you like to briefly introduce yourself and uh, kind of share your journey into the world of cybersecurity?
1: So I've been doing application security, what we now call application security, for over 25 years. Over those years, I've been a consultant. I've been a teacher. I've worked at Microsoft and startups and Along the way, I helped create the CVE. I'm a founding member of the Black Hat Review Board and an affiliate professor at the University of Washington. And so my journey into cybersecurity started out with a job at a medical research facility. I was a systems administrator. And since we were doing medical research, I had human patient data that needed to be protected. And so I started learning about it and I found that I enjoyed it and that I seemed to think about the sorts of problems we had well. And so I switched off to being a consultant, was a consultant for a few years. I broke some things, um, you know, found vulnerabilities in them. That led to being at startups. One of my startups did badly. And I said, I need a stable job. I ended up with a stable job at Microsoft that I thought was going to be two years and it turned into almost a decade because it turned out to be a really great place to work. And 2014, I had a plan for another startup and people started calling me because of the threat modeling book and saying, could you help us? And so I said, oh, well, okay, I guess I'm going to help people threat model for a while.
0: (laughs) You definitely had quite the journey. and. On the topic of threat modeling, what kind of inspired you to dive into the world of threat modeling and also security design?
1: So my first job in application security was at Fidelity Investments. And they were thinking about how do we build and deploy these things? And they, I was one of the people on a team that did that work. And when over over time, I got pretty good at doing that work. And when I joined Microsoft, my boss said to me, Adam, this threat modeling thing is broken. Go fix it. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, I don't know. Go figure that out first, I guess. (laughs) And... And so I I started talking to people about it, and I very quickly realized that Microsoft with 30,000-ish engineers at the time, I couldn't go and threat model Windows or Office and all of the features that either of those products were building. And so I needed to learn not how to threat model, but how to enable other people to threat model. And I think that's the thing that distinguished me from other people with similar backgrounds and thinking about how do we do security work was I was asked to scale what I did to teach others to build software, figure out what we need to do so that everyone can get better at doing this work.
0: And is that what inspired you to uh, make your book Threat Modeling, Design It for Security?
1: Yeah. Um, The book was, sadly, the easiest way for me (laughs) to teach people what I had learned in several years of talking to people about the challenges they experienced, listening to their... uh, Sometimes very emphatic feedback, by which I mean they yelled at me a lot. Um, And I realized that I had learned all of these things, and the book became a vehicle by which to share them, to educate people, and to say, hey, these ways of thinking about these things are more powerful than other ways and so let me explain to you why and if you don't put that into a book form an article is too small where you can't get all the stuff that's in your head into an article that's five pages ten pages so a book with the easiest
0: (laughs) and i realized that a lot of our high school audience might not understand what threat modeling is so for me threat modeling is a essentially identifying, uh, communicating, and understanding threats and how to mitigate those threats within the context of protecting, whether it be software, data, uh, applications, networks, etc. So what is your definition of threat modeling?
1: So threat modeling is a way, a set of ways to think about what can go wrong in a system that you're working on. And so we ask four key questions. We ask, what are we working on? What can go wrong? What are we gonna do about it? And did we do a good job? And the reason that we do this is because anytime you're engineering things, anytime you're building things, you make trade-offs, right? So you've got a high school audience I don't know if they still do the thing in high school engineering (laughs) classes where you build a bridge out of balsa wood or you do an egg drop, right? But as you do those things, you're making trade offs. What am I going to do to make the bridge withstand as much, support as much weight as possible? And so, you know, if you make the bridge really, really long, It can only support that rate, but if you make it too short, you're gonna lose the contest. And so when we threat mock, and when we're building a bridge out of balsa wood, we don't have to worry about cybersecurity, but imagine what you're building is a mobile app or a website. You do have to worry about security. What does that mean? What are the security things you need to worry about threat modeling, the structured ways that we answer those questions, helps you think about that as you're designing the bridge. And so it gives us a way to not be surprised when there are security problems later on and to avoid those problems by planning and engineering.
0: So based on my understanding, Threat modeling is done at the beginning of a software development life process right ideally but the
1: ideal to threat the ideal time to threat model is before people are attacking your software and even if you've done a whole bunch of software development already a little bit of threat modeling to help you understand what can go wrong can give you time to plan what are we going to do about it instead of having a crisis? You know, and again, to the high school experience, if you start your final project the day before it's due and you run into problems, you're going to run into more problems because you're under time pressure. Right? So thinking about it, and so even if you've already built some software, spending a few minutes threat modeling can be really beneficial.
0: On the topic of software development, I think stride is one of the most important aspects of threat modeling. So why why is stride or uh, threat modeling in general crucial for someone like a software developer or software engineer to understand?
1: So stride is a mnemonic, it stands for spoofing, tampering, repudiation, information disclosure, denial of service, and elevation of privilege. And those threats apply to all sorts of systems. And so, even if you're not a cybersecurity expert, you can think about how could someone spoof this? Could someone tamper with this message, this file, this piece of software? Can they learn information about it? And I think this structure is so fundamental that it's actually the subject of my third most recent book, Threats, What Every Engineer Should Learn from Star Wars, which is designed to be a fun, easy-to-read introduction to those threats. And there's, there's other stuff. You can find plenty of references on Stride. But I do think it's fundamental because going from the question of what can go wrong to specific technical answers that we can address is one of those things that we want when, like at a big company like Microsoft, we say, are we doing this work consistently? Are we doing it to a reasonable level of quality? What are the things that we do? to make that happen. And if everyone comes in with a different perspective on what security is, you end up with different answers to the question, what can go wrong? And in one sense, that's great. Let's take advantage of the diverse thinking, the different perspectives that people bring, and we can use those but we can also use something like stride and it's crucial that every software engineer know a little bit of threat modeling because as a software developer, you make lots and lots of design choices. And again, those are trade-offs. If you don't understand the security implications of your trade-offs, they're going to come back and bite you.
0: I definitely agree with you. And kind of switching gears a little bit, recently, the Biden administration has announced the National Cyber Workforce and Education Strategy, or the NCWES, which aims to address both long, immediate and long-term cyber workforce needs. And one of the main goals of this initiative is cybersecurity education. And given your expertise in the cybersecurity industry, What do you think about the possible inclusion of K through 12 cybersecurity education into our education system?
1: When we talk about what we're going to do in any educational program, there's a question of what is the time allocation for this? And what learning goals do we hope to achieve? And one of the things that any high school student can tell you is there's an awful lot of things you're supposed to learn. Making good decisions about what the learning goals ought to be is really important. And you and I talked a little bit about this in email before we we got on here. I'm not sure that Stride... That threat modeling is the right thing for general people in K through 12. If you're in a STEM program, maybe it is. If you're in a programming program, programming program, if you're in a programming track, maybe it is. We need to figure out what we think people ought to know. Because a lot of people might think that the thing we should teach high school students is how to deal with online scams, why it's important to keep your software up to date. What's, should I use a password manager? How should I evaluate that? Maybe those things come in, much as I hate to say it, um, maybe those come in before we get to something like stride. And I think something like stride is great. And I recognize the importance of making sure we're giving people the most important information we can, the most important education we can. And I think that's the tricky thing with all of this national strategy for workforces is making those decisions.
0: That's definitely a interesting take. And as you mentioned earlier, of course, not everyone needs to be a cybersecurity expert. And your book, uh, Threat Modeling, Designing for Security, that we talked about earlier, is a go-to book for many, many people in the cybersecurity industry. What can students expect to learn from reading your book?
1: So... If we're talking to high school students, I think they might get more out of the newer book, which is has a number of features that are important to a student. Number one, it's shorter. Number two, it's less expensive. Number three, it uses Star Wars to tell the stories. Um, and And I get not everyone is a Star Wars fan. I had a beta reader who doesn't like Star Wars, who yelled at me every time I got to Star Wars geeky. So the book is accessible even if you're not a Star Wars fan, even if you haven't seen the movie. And I think that the fundamentals of what can go wrong in that book may be a better starting point if you enjoy that book and want to learn more specific techniques, methodologies, processes... The Designing for Security book, people do like it. They say very nice things about it, which I always appreciate. And it's a fine thing to go on and learn from. It's a fine thing to help you start asking more questions of your teachers, of your mentors, of your peers. There's a lot of information in Designing for Security. And I think that that the recent threats, what every engineer should learn from Star Wars, might be a better starting point for high school students or even college students. If you're a technology professional and you're listening to this, Designing for Security is for you.
0: And are there any other resources or books you would recommend for any young learners interested in learning more about cybersecurity?
1: There's a lot of great books out there, depending on what it is that you want to learn, what motivates you. I think Bruce Schneier's Secrets and Lies is a great book. I think Cybersecurity and Cyber War, What Everyone Needs to Know by uh, Peter Singer and Alan Friedman, is also phenomenal. It's a few years older at this point, but I believe that most of the information in that book is still valid. It's still relevant, even if the examples are not the things screaming off the headlines today, full of great knowledge.
0: And is there any final advice you would give to high school students who are aspiring to have a career in cybersecurity?
1: This is a great question and a difficult one. Let me start by saying that when I was in high school, cybersecurity didn't exist. And so the thing that I recommend high school students do is focus on core skills that are going to serve you through your life in addition to specific technical ones that you want. And so, for me, the skills that I really want you to have are, I want you to be able to read and think critically about what you're reading. Analyze it, understand it. I want you to be able to write, both to communicate something you already know, and as a tool to help you figure it out. The five-paragraph essay, which we all hate, exists for a really good reason, which is you can use such an essay to help you learn things by writing about things that you're confused about. You should learn some math. You should learn some statistics. And you know many of the people who are interested in cybersecurity will be in STEM majors. Spend some time outside of that. Understanding how people think, understanding psychology, history, literature, all of that will serve you really well in your career. The things that you may learn about how to use Nmap or GitHub Dependency Checker are great skills for you to learn this year they may help you get a job this year. But 10 years from now, we'll be using different technologies. We'll be using different systems. And the skills that have served me through my career are not the technical ones. And this is a little funny, Because you're here because of a book that I wrote that has served me really well. And those skills, I think, are important fundamental skills that people in technology should have. And I think that the world is going to change more and more rapidly. I know y'all are tired of hearing this, but it's true. And so getting some of these fundamental skills around how to think how to communicate will serve you super well in a career in cybersecurity or in what comes after cybersecurity and so that's where I think you ought to focus at least some of your attention and I think that's probably a different answer than many of the people on this <laughs> podcast give.
0: Yes, that's definitely a interesting answer and I think a lot of our Uh, high schoolers will benefit from knowing that and thank you for joining us on the podcast today
1: you're welcome thank you